0: The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. On October 16th, the StarCityGames.com Open Series hits Nashville for the first time ever, and this event is going to be huge. We're talking hundreds of players, over $10,000 in cash prizes, at least eight players qualifying for the 2010 StarCityGames.com Invitational, live coverage on the StarCityGames.com website, tons of side events, and as much magic to gathering as we can pack into one weekend. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Nashville, and we'll see you there.
1: You've
0: got
1: the money and the the rest just to dust before I get to you. you. Welcome to episode forty-one of YoMTG Taps. This is Big Head Joe, and I'm here with my co-host. We were just playing Monty Python Flux, and it made us talk in an outrageous accent so we could draw extra cards. And anyone who knows a Joey Pasco knows that he likes drawing extra cards. So of course, we had to use the accents. <laughs> so, uh, all
0: right. So let's uh, let's just jump right into this, right? Yeah. Frost Titan. All right, so this morning I woke up, and John Medina had tweeted about Frost Titan's price going up. And I'm like, what did I miss? Um, there was a blue-red destructive blue-red force. Destructive force right. yeah. I, I looked at it and just didn't, I didn't even remember. Like, I looked at it yesterday, uh, and I just forgot all about it. And so I'm like, wait a minute, I don't remember a Frost Titan in those blue-white controlled X. Yeah. Jerry Thompson actually tweeted uh Frost Titan is the most underrated card in standard. Um he's gonna write an article about it, is what he said. Oh cool. So um so we'll we'll get to see some of his his thoughts on it. Um I think the big thing is that it stops other Titans and El Jazzi. And I think that's those are the key things. It also doesn't hurt against worm coil engine either. Um unless that worm coil engine happens to split into, you know, too many worm coil engines, and then it's only half as effective. Um but I just, I thought that was a pretty cool, just standard right now is so uh, ripe with finishers, right? Like, anybody remember Baneslayer Angel?
1: Yeah, I know. Like, Baneslayer Angel's under like, 25 bucks.
0: Right. Like, what happened? I mean, she's still ridiculous. She's she still a, And, you know, on the topic of Baneslayer Angel, um, when compared to these other finishers, right? So right now we've got people talking about Sun Titan in Blue White Control, Worm Coil Engine in... Pretty much anything you want to put it in, but it's a ridiculously good finisher. Um, Frost Titan, Primeval Titan, not even really a finisher so much as just uh, an enabler for that ramp deck, but it also doubles as a finisher. And then there's Baneslayer Angel, who, you know, one cheaper than all the rest of those, comes down a little earlier. Still a good card, so you don't want to forget about it. And I think the key difference, or, or the key thing about Baneslayer Angel is that she has Flying. I really feel like Flying... Is really good right now.
1: Yeah, because um, lots of people are playing ground creatures. Yeah,
0: like all everything that I've just mentioned, besides Baneslayer, is on the ground. So I mean, she may not hit as hard, but you know, she doesn't come with this inherent card advantage. But if somebody plays Eldrazi Monument against you, your Titans and Wormcoil Engines aren't going to be able to save you if uh, if they just play it and can swing in and kill you. Right. You know, and, and that's relevant because, again, flying being a very relevant ability, Eldrazi Monument, I think, you know, gets better. And so it's almost like I want to to play Baneslayer in the sideboard to combat Eldrazi Monument because Baneslayer is so good in, in other matchups, too. Like, it's not just, just there for Eldrazi Monument. It's great against aggro decks and obviously red decks. Although it's funny how... Uh, you know, Wizards, prints Combust in M11 and then Baneslayer suddenly stops seeing play, I don't even think it's because of Combust. No. Like it's, not, it's like Plummet and Combust come out and it's like, okay, here, we're going to give some other colors some chances to deal with Baneslayer Angel, but we'll also print these other creatures that in most situations are better than Baneslayer Angel. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess you could say Plummet and Combust being around could be a reason that people are more hesitant to play uh, Baneslayer Angel, but I really think it's just the, uh, the distractions that the Titans and Wormcoil Engine provide. I just think that's crazy how Baneslayer Angel is just being overshadowed by the Titans and, and Wormcoil Engine. Um, and that, that's a big decision right now. Um, Wormcoil Engine versus Sun Titan and blue-white control. And now Frost Titan added into that mix as something to consider, because I honestly was so kind of consumed trying to decide between Sun Titan and uh, Warm Coil Engine, I wasn't even thinking about Frost Titan. Um, But that's true. Like, Blue-White kind of has a problem with the Eldrazi ramp decks. The ramp decks kind of attack on multiple fronts. Like, not only are there good creatures in there, like... Like Titans and things, but there's there's Eldrazi in there, mm-hmm. and Iavugan searches them up. Iavugan can also fetch Worm Coil Engine.
1: Have you looked at the TCG so, player
0: top eights yet? I looked at some of them. That's a, that's where the destructive force list right, came from. That was from. like fourth place, right? And um and I looked at some of the blue white lists. Oh, so Frost Titan is a great answer to to all those, to the Eldrazi, to the Primeval Titans, to the Worm Coil Engines. So uh, now, now I wonder, like, should I be considering that also? The thing with Sun Titan, though, in blue-white control, is it becomes such an engine. Like, it's so ridiculous. And when combined with Venser, which yep, is how have, yeah. I've been playing it, uh, it's absolutely nuts. Like, going, you know, Sun Titan, get back, something, you know, Seagate Oracle, um, blink the Sun Titan, get back, Wall of Omens, Go! You know, right, like right. what you know, you, you paid six mana, you got three creatures, you drew two cards, the best, you know, two out of the top three, I guess, and your Venser just, now not only does he have protection, like, Creature's sitting there to, to block if you were to try to attack him, but now he's up to whatever loyalty. Like, if you played Venser on turn five, blinked something, and then Sun Titan on six, and blinked the Titan, Venser has one more activation, you know, to blink... Something and then he's on his ultimate. So I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, I, I wrote a post about why I'm excited about Venser, and um, and I got to play a little bit with the list that I put in there. Um, the only downside to Venser, and it's you know, it was it's sort of obvious to begin with, um, but actually playing with it and being in situations makes it a little more real, right? Um, yeah, is that he's really no good when you don't have anything to blink uh and you're in a bad situation. I had somebody about to go off with Nissa's ultimate and I had Venser and Venser just really doesn't do that much. I have an empty board and I have Venser like wh- <laughs> like I can't really do anything against uh against Nyssa's ultimate with that. But Uh, And Elspeth would have helped. Now it wasn't Nissa wasn't ready to go off that turn, but it was like she was like on six or something. She may have been on five, but I was just top decking a lot of lands, and I was hoping Venser would help me out somewhat. But anyway, my point is that he isn't very good when you're coming from behind. And now I'm comparing him to Elspeth because he's that's the obvious comparison, like the five drop five drop planeswalkers. Elspeth or Gideon would have been pretty helpful. In both of those situations, Gideon would have ended up just being a fog. Or, if I could have maybe attacked into the uh, Nyssa, if if you know that was a an option, I don't think that would have been good because she was just popping out Nissa's chosen, so would have just chump blocked. Right. But um, but the the thing that I'm saying is with some Titan and and Venser, and like some of the other typical players in blue-white control, Wall of Omens, maybe Seagate Oracle, maybe Little Jace. Um, Journey to Nowhere now is a good removal spell. Spreading
1: Seas isn't terrible at all. Spreading Seas
0: is still something you could consider, depending on how many multicolored decks there are or decks running Eldrazi lands. Eldrazi lands right. Um, it it can be absolutely ridiculous. Ratchet bomb being able to like go off early with a ratchet bomb, play some and get back the ratchet bomb. You know, like reusing ratchet bombs pretty significant. There's a it's just Venser provides so many. Layers of complexity, especially when you are playing with a lot of these cards, and Sun Titan is one of them. And that's where I'm like, as good as Worm Coil Engine is, Sun Titan just seems like there's so much synergy. But there have been so many times, and this is pre Worm Coil Engine, uh, since M11, where I've been playing Sun Titan and going, I wish I had Lone Missionary in my graveyard because I really need some life right now, and Sun Titan does not have Life Link. I wish this was a Slayer Angel, because I'm low, you know, like, it's, uh, that lifelink on worm Coil Engine is pretty significant, and then the fact that it just, you know, st- sticks around after a Wrath, um... Right, survives all his dust if you're right. running survives it. Right, survives all his dust if you're running it, survives Wrath in, you know, two creatures, or if you have Venser, survives Wrath intact to yeah. survive another Wrath, yeah. if you'd like, um... I, I, Venser is just—he's got so many options. But uh, right now, I, I had him as a two of. I switched him to a one of because I think that uh, I, I, he's not win more exactly because he is just so good in so many situations. But really, when you're in a when, when you're in the hole, when your back's against the wall, like Venser usually isn't going to pull you out of the game unless you have something else to help him out. Um, you know, if you have a Sun Titan in play, if you have a a Wall of Omens in play and you're able to blink it and draw into something that would help you. So, I mean, it's not like he's never going to help, but you really need something else. You know, when you're, when you're facing down a lethal attack or, or a Planeswalker's ultimate, you play Venser and you have nothing else on the board and you play Venser and untap a land. I mean, what, what are you going to do? You know, like, yeah, I can counter something, maybe. <laughs> you know, like, I can mana leak something, but your Nyssa is still gonna search, you know, and For get everything. a ton of elves, right? Yeah. Now I was playing against Ryan. And uh, Ryan is one of our good friends from ba- way back in high school. He, uh, he was around when we first started playing Magic, but he was always just watching. Right. And uh, he played Versus System, because he's a big comics guy. But recently, because Versus System is defunct... I guess the idea of playing cards was starting to appeal to him again, so he thought, okay, you know what, I'll play Magic. So he's been playing, like, this mono-green Elves deck, and uh, I showed him yesterday why Day of Judgment was so good and why it was a bad idea to overextend. Yeah. So he managed to beat me with Ness's ultimate. Um, (laughs) But it was funny because I had Day of Judgment in my hand, and I thought, if I can just survive this turn and he goes and gets all his Elves, I'm just going to wipe the entire board because he didn't have Eldrazi Monument in play and uh it was funny because he picked up on it while he was searching through he's like looking through for all his elves and he's like you're not going to Day of Judgment are you? (laughs) (laughs) I was like well if I have it this would be a great opportunity to so he just grabbed four archdruids but that was enough what would have helped is if that Venser had been an Elspeth instead because I would have had a lot of chump blockers um even if I would have lost the Elspeth I would have been able to survive a couple more turns um but let's talk about Elspeth. I think uh, she's amazing. Like she's the fact that she's a win condition is actually what puts her over the top. I think because her ultimate somebody compared this. I saw it online. Somebody mentioned it, and I thought it was it's actually an accurate comparison. Uh, her ultimate is really a lot like Scourglass. But the the difference between her and Scourglass is that she is a win condition by put, pumping out these Soldier tokens you know and then being able to blow up the world right mm-hmm. everything but the tokens um so she's way better than scourglass in that way but the whole idea is scourglass destroyed all non artifacts right and uh non land not artifacts i believe so if you had an artifact deck you were uh, in a pretty good situation but scourglass didn't see much play at all no like it's all v- virtually no play yeah absolutely which was which is just kind of nuts when you think about it like yeah it's cost five and couldn't go off until the next turn, so that you know, you could only do it during your upkeep, but uh, you know, how different is that from Elspeth? You know, um, you drop her, you plus two her, you gain life for each creature you control, but if you haven't pumped out tokens, then that might not be that many. The next turn you're able to blow her up. So that's similar to Scourglass. She might not leave any tokens or there might not be any other tokens on the board. But she does stick around and that's significant too. Because she's, you know, she goes up to six and then minus five. Now you start, like, well, you gain some life, but then you start pumping out tokens. I've found that most of the situations I've been in with her have been uh, play her, you know, gain some a life, or actually play her, put some guys out, gain some life, put some guys out, gain some life, put some guys out. Because I've been in situations where I've had other stuff, and I haven't, I don't want to blow up everything. <laughs> um, so instead, she just. Really, that can that can get out of hand. I mean, if they can't deal with, her, you even just doing that once or twice, yeah, and having six tokens and a Elspeth with one loyalty on the board, um, that's ridiculous. Uh, the the fact is though, she destroys your Jace or your Venster or your Sun Titan. You know, Venster can save something, maybe himself, but maybe you'd rather him save your Sun Titan or your Jace or something like that. Then he doesn't save himself.
1: And you can always use the Jace or the Venser to bounce things that you have, right? You and know, like 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 we were playing, and I and you went up brainstorming with Jace, mm-hmm. and then you used um her, you used her ultimate, right? You brainstormed into a Venser. At, well, as soon as you drew the cards, I was like, I don't understand why you didn't yeah. bounce your Sun Titan. And and then blow up the world with Elspeth, and then just replay Sun Titan, right? Because that would have gained you a lot more advantage. What you wound up doing was playing the Venser you drew, and then exiling the Sun Titan with the uh, Venser, and then blowing up the world,
0: right? So I ended up still with the Sun Titan, but I had to use up a Venser to do it, right? Right. And it was yeah, it was definitely better to do what you said. It was just something that like I, I was so much was going through my mind because I had so many options. I'm sitting there with with Jace. And, uh, Sun Titan, and, like, a Seagate Oracle, and, um, Elspeth on the board, and three soldier tokens, and I'm like, alright, what do I want to do here? Like, do I need to blow up the world? Because all you had was Azuri, the, the elf lord, the new elf lord, um... An unkicked warcaller, an unkicked warcaller that had come out from a Genesis wave. Yeah, desperation Genesis wave for two. <laughs> right,
1: happened to hit on
0: <laughs> both. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, you got you got a Genesis." I mean, you got the uh, warcaller and Dread Statuary. Yeah, and then uh, and then you had well, I had a Journey to Nowhere, which was exiling an Arbor Elf. and
1: I had a Dragged Tree Speaker too.
0: Okay, okay, so yeah, so I'm like, do I want to blow up everything? You had enough mana to activate Azuri, whether I bounced him with Jace or not. Right so if I bounced him with Jace you could have just replayed him and then uh tapped 5 to give your creatures or was it is it just elves? It's elves. Just elves the overrun ability except just... what would have ended up being was just your warcaller because you didn't have um you know you, you didn't have enough elves to attack with and once you to tap 5 you would have had to tap your draggor tree speaker. Right. right. That's why
1: I thought that um that elf deck that finished in third mm-hmm. at the TCG Player 5K over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I thought that deck was weird because it ran, like, Leatherback Bayloth and, like... And Azuri. And right? Azuri and, and Lotus Cobra and no Tree Speakers. And I was like, there are so many, like, try... Like, there are so many elves right now that are good. Like, it yeah. just seems kind of silly. I mean, I understand... Like the the argument that someone made when you play an El monument, you've got a five six flyer that blocks a Baneslayer all day. But as you said, people aren't really running Baneslayer right now, so it's kinda like, well, this is kind of a, you know yeah, it's kinda like, useless. It's, doesn't doesn't stop, you know, a primeval titan, except for the fact that if you have a monument out it's indestructible. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't kill the Titan. Right? It doesn't kill any Titans. Right? It just—it so just, 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 just feels like a weird choice to me. Like I—I mean, I know, like having a big dude out on turn two is awesome. You know, I, right. I know that I've—I've I've run the bail off before. You know, like I know he's good. Yeah. But it just seems weird. Like with so many tribal options, like there's no <laughs> Draga Tree Speakers in the deck. There's Azuris, but they don't pump. The bail Baeloths Baloth. or, or the Cobra's. Like, right. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, it just seems like it would make more sense to run the, uh, you know, run more of the tribal options. Just go mono-tribal, if you will, yeah. like Flores, <laughs> and like, uh, you know, and just do it that way. Um, yeah.
0: The tribal synergies there just seem too too strong to ignore. Exactly. Like, our Elvish Archdruid as well. Like Well, Archdruid's I mean, great. I'm know? just saying, like, there's not, it's not just one Elf Lord out there, There's there's two. There's... I mean, there's three with Warcaller, right? Yeah, there's Warcaller, I mean, there's
1: Azuri, who doesn't pump without any sort of mana commitment, but right, you know, but I mean, but he's still significant, there, right? And and of course, you know, he's
0: a two-two for green-green one. Is that yes, right? Is that's right. right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I th- I think he's pretty good.
1: Um, the fact that you can activate his ability as soon as he hits the board, if you have tons of mana, right? Or you can activate his ability multiple <clears throat> times per turn. You know, yeah, he, it's just it's really good, um, right? It's a great card. The other thing that I really like, um, I don't know, I can't remember if the deck that uh, finished third was uh, running it, but um, Brittle Effigy out of the sideboard mm-hmm. is really, really good, and the number one reason why it's good over like weird spells like Wing Puncture or whatever that card is from, uh, from Scars or like Plummet or something, is that if you flip over a Brittle Effigy off a of Genesis Wave, it sticks. Which, actually, Adam Staborski... Uh, brought to my attention when I was talking to him about this on Skype a couple nights ago. Uh, but yeah, no, it sure does stick, you know, and um, and that's kind of awesome, kind of worth mentioning.
0: Yeah, the, the Elvis list we're referring to is Michael Lapine, who finished uh, finished third at the TCG Player New York 5K. Um, and he's running four Arbor Elf, uh, four Archdruid, three Azuri, three Garrick, four Leatherback Bayloth, four Lanor Elves, four Lotus Cobra, three Nyssa, three Nyssa's Chosen, three Eldrazi Monument, and two Genesis Wave. Um, along with uh, eight forests, four misty rainforests, three omen reefs, four tectonic edge, and four burden catacombs. So, obviously, he's going with the fetch lands for Cobra. Right. Right? He's got Cobra, and there's no reason to not run fetch lands if that's the the way you're going with it.
1: Yeah. At my deck, I'm only running one fetch land. Um, I just feel like with all the ramp decks right now, Leon and Arbiter is probably going to wind up being a main deck card in a lot right. of whitelists. You're
0: preemptively preparing for. Uh, for Arbiter to show up or to be an issue,
1: I expect him to. Right. If I'm running white, he's an automatic include for me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So no,
0: no, that makes sense. I'm just yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that like you know, you draw a hand with like two fetch lands and they go turn two Arbiter. You're like I turn three nothing. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of bad. So I'd rather not have to deal with that problem. Uh, and with especially without a lot of main deck removal. Um, in yeah. an elf deck, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're going to have him on the board and you're going to have to deal with him. You know yeah. what I mean? You're also running Nissa. You know, you're also running, I'm running Sylvan Ranger. Yeah. Which, you know, so it, you both know. of those are shut off. Like, you just can't have that. I mean, like, at least with Sylvan Rangers, cause I'm running, like, three Sylvan Rangers, at least with them, you get a 1-1 body, you right. know, which is relevant with all the elf lords. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not necessarily irrelevant. It yeah, sucks actually, yeah. to drop a two to, um, a two mana one one, but like it's better than having a you know a land drop do nothing. Yeah, it's like way way better. So like I'd rather I would rather take the risk with the with the extra body than um, have the land and have it be a blank. Especially like if you draw like three fetch lands early game, it's just kind of like ugh. yeah, you know it's just yeah. Bad. And with
0: eight fetch lands in the deck, that's a the real potential for that happening, right? Um, what's your answer for for Arbiter? Like, considering you are running Nissa, right? Um, do you have removal? Is it just brittle effigy? Is it brittle effigy out of the sideboard? That's <clears throat> it.
1: I mean, okay. like um, and my answer, block, right? <laughs> my answer for arbiter is <clears throat> to, to not really have to worry about it too much. You know right. what I mean? That's kind of my answer is to kind of ignore it.
0: So Nissa basically would be shut off. Though, Nissa
1: would right? be gain two life, gain two life, gain two life. Right. You know what I mean? And then
0: like, you're running enough elves for that to be reasonably okay. Exactly. Right. And, know, that's, uh, a,
1: that's not an insignificant ability. You know, you,
0: would, you can always just pay to 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 get the Nissa chosen. right? I, yeah, and it's I mean, you can pay, you tank. can pay to to cast it, or pay to colorless to, to, search, fix, it. to search it to it. Right, right? And, that, and that's not
1: and that's not bad. You know, so right. you don't really lose much value out of that in terms of like how much the card costs to cast.
0: Right, so if you really needed it, you can get it. That's the point. Right? Exactly,
1: and at that point, if you're playing a Nyssa, you should have you know a decent amount of mana laying around. Um, right, you know, and at that point, like you need to worry about Wrath and the. Uh, they're gonna wrath away their guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know what yeah, I mean. Like exactly. so, so it's not terrible. Um, Arbiter does come back with Sun Titan. Just you know, just, that's true. just want to throw that out there. That's like, true. It's nice. Uh, Vencer blink, uh, blink away your Sun Titan. You know, exile your, your own Sun Titan. Wrath. You know, uh, Sun Titan comes back, Arbiter comes back. You know, get Arbiter back in the graveyard. That's pretty good. Seems It's just the synergies. So like, I was talking to uh, Scotty Mack, mm-hmm. Scott McCallum, uh, from the A-Team podcast.
1: Uh, speaking of being on podcasts, um, I was just on the last episode of the Mana Screwed podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, their website is Um And I was on there as a, as a guest host, I guess. It's funny, like, being a guest on things, because I don't feel that special (laughs) but uh it's it was cool it was a lot of fun um and if you want to hear me uh maybe a a little more unfiltered if you will (laughs) uh you could check check that
0: out uh that was pretty cool uh but what i was saying was scotty mack yes scotty mack from the a team i was talking to him on the phone the other day yeah about blue white control and he uh he ran noah schwartz's um blue-white control at his FNM. Okay. And he didn't have Elspeths to use. Mm-hmm. So he went, oh, I'll just... It, there's two Elspeths in the main deck. Uh, I'll just use Gideon and Avencer. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was talking about how much... Just the, all the synergies with, with with Sun Titan, you know, just the fact... Like, the things we were just saying earlier. And he was really talking about Ratchet Bomb a lot. He said he played a lot against a lot of monocolored decks. Mm-hmm. So he kind of felt like four tectonic edges was a little much. But I still think that's... Right, um, because I think the fact that you can blow up Eldrazi lands or man lands, um, and you know, and if there are multicolored decks, which they certainly are, you know, there's certainly potential for multicolored decks around, um. It, those tectonic edges, it it doesn't cost you too much to just run the tectonic edges in a, in a blue-white list. Right. Now, if you're running like Esper, I can see why you start going, I might not want to run another colorless land that's not going to help me when I need to cast Day of Judgment and I've got Swamp Island Plains tectonic edge. Right. So uh, I was thinking about this the other day and it just seems like there's actually a lot of variations um, and customizations you can make to blue-white control based on, you know, your preferences, what kind of thing you want to do. You can kind of go more classic control, like all my cards are good by themselves. I'm not going to play Venser because he needs other cards. I'm not going to play Sun Titan because it needs permanence in the graveyards. I'm going to go Coil Engine and Elspeth and maybe Baneslayer Angel or something, but, um, you know... Don't you sleep
1: can... on Baneslayer Angel. No,
0: exactly. That, that's I'm, I'm saying. Just like... saying.
1: I'm not saying for you, I'm <clears throat> saying our listeners, you Absolutely. Know? Don't yeah. sleep on Baneslayer because... You know, someone's going to drop one against you, and you're going to be all ready for these uh, ground titans, and then you're going to be like, oh. Yeah. Well, geez, I guess I just lose, huh? Right.
0: Wow. I mean, really, like, and I, I, admittedly, I've only played, since Scars, all I've been able to play against have been mono-green decks. Actually, elves decks. I, I did play against your wacky deck. Oh, God. I don't even talk uh, about that damn deck. <laughs> do you want to talk about that well, in a couple yeah, minutes? I, not, really? not, not yet, but in okay. a couple minutes? Yeah, sure. Okay, Absolutely. I'll just finish what I'm saying, and then we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: uh, so, so Eldrazi Monument has been at the top of my list of cards I worry about, because if it resolves, uh, there's little I can do with it. I'm not playing into the royal main deck, although... And I mean, I don't even have a real sideboard right now because I'm trying to figure out my main deck first, then worry about the sideboard. Right. But uh, Into the Royal is a great catch-all card right now. Like, it's really, I mean, it's bounce for any anything non-land. So Into the Royal is just a great, versatile answer to a lot of things. Um, bouncing somebody's Elspeth that's about to go off. Uh, bouncing any Planeswalker, really, that's about to go off. Um, Eldrazi Monument, because that is just such a dangerous card. It um, is. Again, I mean, if you don't have any blockers, if you're not playing Baneslayer or don't have it in play when they decide to, you know, just jump all their elves and swing in and kill you, uh, you know, it's significant. Um, So I feel like Into the Royal seems like it's really, right now, in kind of an unknown metagame, Into the Royal seems like it's very main deckable. Um, So talk a little bit about the deck... You built that we just referenced, this uh, crazy, strange deck. Oh, my
1: God. So, like, I was just like, man, I was I was sorting cards, right? We opened five booster boxes at the store I work at, um, Amazing Spiral Comics in the Rotunda Mall in Hamden, Maryland. Um, uh, and I was looking at Dotha Rebirth, right? Mm-hmm. I was like... This seems like a really good turn one play with, like, all these, like, zero casting cost artifacts in the format. Like, having three dudes on the table turn one. Right. Seems pretty good. Now I was just like, well, what other ways could we abuse this card? I was just like, kind of, what is that, um front-to-back front, front to back thinking, I guess. Um, right? Start with the card. Start with turn one and be like, okay, where does this go from here? Right. Right? So I was like, okay. <clears throat> so I started, you know, I was like, okay, Kuldotha Rebirth. And I'm like, Goblin Bushwhacker would be pretty good with Kuldotha Rebirth, obviously. You know? So I was looking at that. And then I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of good equipment that costs one right now. You know? So... And Metalcraft is obviously something you want to get to because the Mox Opal, uh, you know, is, is good for this sort of deck because it gives you some mana acceleration where you only want to get to, like, two or three mana to really be able to be fully functional. Then um, I was looking at Goblin Gavalier, since all of a sudden you have all these, artifact, you know, all these equipment spells. Like, I'm running Spider Silk Net, which is such a bad card. But, like, on a Gavalier, all of a sudden he's a 3-3 on turn two. You know, like, right. he's a wild Nacatl, you know, yeah. in, in a way. With right. Trample. Yeah. Which isn't, you know, isn't insignificant. So, look at all these cards. So, what I wound up doing is I wound up building this insane... I was like, let me see how I could abuse this the most. So, basically, the deck is eight mountains, four Mox Opals, because with Kuldotha Rebirth... You can sack them and just you can sack a Mox, play, an play another Mox. So it's like four Goblin Gavalier, four Bushwhacker, four Chrome Mox, four Galvanic Blast, four Lightning Bolts, four Infiltration Lens, four Spider Silk Nets, four Ornithopters, four Kuldotha Rebirth, four Memnite, four dark steel Axe, four, four Goblin Guides, four Vector Asp. Because I wanted another one drop, and um, it's also an artifact to help with metalcraft. Right. Uh, so not necess- and uh,
0: with something like dark steel axe, you can actually pay the black and give it infect and have it be significantly uh, it, have infect actually be significant, like to poison somebody to be a, a real threat.
1: Right. Although I've never really con- like tried it. You know what right. I mean. I never, mean, it's an option. It could happen. You never know. Um, and then so eight mountains. So basically, it's you know fifty-two cards, eight lands, um, all of them cost zero or one. So I called the deck "Binary Goblins." <laughs> this is all zeros and ones, baby. So it's funny. Uh, it's not a real deck, <laughs> but uh, it was interesting. You know, so
0: how have you? And so you you. Have you won more than you've lost, or you just haven't played with it that much?
1: Well, I've played it against quite a few decks that we were uh, messing around with in our gauntlet, and like... I think that the Elves deck eventually just outclasses it Mm -hmm. because of all the pump abilities. Like, this doesn't have much pump outside of the Bushwhacker and, like, the equipment.
0: Right. You basically need to win really fast or you just don't win.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's pretty classic for a red deck, but this one's maybe even more so. It might be quicker, but it's also, I think... It burns
1: out quick. And with the wrong hand, it does nothing. You know what I mean? So, it it can be a problem. There have been a couple games where I've dropped my whole hand turn one, and that always feels really good. Um... (laughs) But, like, overall, it's, I mean, it's it's really not that good. <laughs> you know, it's one of those decks It's just ra- fun. Yeah, you no, know, it was novelty. definitely fun to play around with the uh, the interactions there, which I don't think are insignificant, um, and I think Kuldotha Rebirth is a great card.
0: Uh, so, here's a card that's been getting a lot of discussion on Twitter, and mainly it's just from one guy, and a lot of people making fun of that one guy. Uh, smitty from the a team podcast mm-hmm. has been pushing cold the phoenix pretty hard like, okay he really likes that card i really like it too i i tweeted at him i'm like i'm sorry i'm late to this conversation but i agree with you like i think it it's it's a very it's got a lot of potential like i think it's really neat now um for four, four
1: of, flyer for three red and two right right so
0: so it's 4-4-Flyer, four, four Haste. Haste, that's right, five. that's significant. But the more significant is its Metalcraft ability, which is you can play it from the graveyard for 4 colorless. Right. So you don't even need to play it in a red deck
1: if you... That's only during your upkeep? Yes, it's only during your upkeep. Right, so you have to play it during your upkeep. But yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously a pretty pretty strong ability.
0: Right, I mean, it's the thing is, I think there's two important things. One, it comes out of the graveyard, that's always good. I mean, it's not for free like a Vengevine. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's as good as Vengevine. I don't think Smitty is either. Um, no. But it does come out of the graveyard. It's got uh, evasion, it's got flying, and it's got haste. So it just being able to basically pay for, get it, and swing with it, even if somebody were to, to get rid of it, usually you can get one turn in. Mm-hmm. I mean, haste, I think, is been shown to be a really relevant ability right now, especially against something like Planeswalkers. Because, um, you know, you can have one creature out, and I can go chase the Mind Sculptor, bounce your creature. And then, you know, what are you going to do? You can play another creature, and I can just bounce it again, but with something like like anything with haste. I mean, that's why Bloodbraid Elf was ridiculous. Because she just, you know, you could have, be sitting there with an empty board and go Bloodbraid into Thrynax, you know, or whatever, Bloodbraid into any number of things. Back when Bloodbraid first came out was uh, Bloodbraid into the uh, Boggart Ram Gang. Yeah. I was trying to think it was Goblin something, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, people were sitting there with an empty board and playing Bloodbraid, Cascade into Ram Gang and swinging for six out of nowhere. Um, but here we have Kaldatha Phoenix, which can just come back and even if they they deal with it, it can just come back and, and it's only four Colorless to bring back, cheaper than its actual casting cost. Right. Um, and... Easier to cast, you know, just four colorless. Um, I think it has a potential place in some sort of neo dredgevine kind of thing. Um, Now, the thing I the thing I think is a problem
1: with it fitting into a dredgevine list. I mean, naturally, that's where you want it because because metalcraft. Metalcraft, exactly. Right, that's like, the It issue. seems a little counterintuitive. I mean, grind clock will get you there to metalcraft, right? You know, um, you play mox opal probably. You could play mox opal, but like then again, like you're you're probably playing something like hedron crab. What if you mill the opals? You know what I mean? Like it just seems like they're like the two strategies are a little counterintuitive with right. each other. Right. Um, they kind of clash. I mean, it's it's about finding the like where those strategies. Converge, right? You know
0: now what I think. I mean, that's that's almost an obvious place because you don't have to play uh, red, and you can get it into the graveyard really easily.
1: But then uh, the one problem with that is if somebody, if you're not playing red, and somebody goes into the royal on it, and then you have it in your hand, right? Well, then you're probably you're playing looters, fauna and
0: you're playing fauna shaman, probably looters like enclave cryptologist, or uh, I think Merfolk looter is not in standard anymore, right? That's right. Uh, it's just M10. Right. Riddlesmith, though. That's true. Riddlesmith option, is... Though. And that obviously goes with the artifact Metalcraft. Mm-hmm. So there are artifact versions. Now, if they're tier one or even tier two, I'm not sure. But they uh, there are versions of this Dredgevine list that can hit Metalcraft, I think. Uh, Molten Tail Masticore. If you're... You know, Dredgevine tends to play all, all creatures, pretty much. Like, mostly creatures. There's usually mana leaks in there and stuff. But I really like Molten Tail Masticore. I think it's better than I originally thought... But I think part of the reason I like it more is because of, as Kelly Reed was saying, Necrotic Ooze. I think Necrotic Ooze is, is something you can't ignore either because that's got a lot of deck-building potential. Now, the problem with it is that it costs black. It's black, and there's, like, apparently just it's just too difficult to build a black deck now. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's just Black is obviously the weakest color at the moment. But it may, might be okay. Like, there might be uh, room for black in the format now. I mean, Doom Blade's always good. Doomblade is very
1: good. I think Doomblade's even better right now.
0: What is that one card, Grasp of Darkness? Uh, Black, black, instant, target creature gets minus four, minus four. That's pretty good. Doesn't kill titans, though. That's a problem. true. Um, But Hex Mage, Creeping Tar Pit is blue-black. Nothing wrong with playing blue. Um, But Tar Pit, I love, too. I mean, the fact that it's unblockable, it's just like Planeswalker removal.
1: Yeah. Lloyd's actually playing blue-black at States.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good thing. Now, another uh, card I wanted to talk about is Mimic Vat. I'm not saying it's going to be like some breakout card, but I think it's got the same kind of potential that like Renegade Doppelganger had, which was the last time I wrote about a card where I was like, hey, this seems like it could be good. So Mimic Vat, uh, for one thing, it's three colorless, and it says uh, imprint. When a non-token creature is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you can imprint it, you can exile it, and that becomes imprinted on Mimic that, And then Mimic Vat... You can pay three and tap it to put out a copy of that creature. It gains haste until end of turn and uh, sacrifice it at the next end step. Right. So it's one of the few imprint cards that doesn't require anything when you drop it. If there's, I think there's only two other ones, and they're both like in dark steel or something. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have anything specific in your hand or in the top few cards of your library or in the graveyard already. You can just drop it and not imprint. You know, nothing imprints on it at first. And you can change what's imprinted on it. That's another significant uh, detail. It's immediately effective against your opponent's first Vengevine. If you can kill it, you don't have to exile it, because the Mimic Vat will do it. And now you can just pop out Vengevines whenever you want every turn, if you feel like it. It works for both players' creatures? Yeah, it works for both players' creatures. Now, so that's pretty awesome. It's got really good like defensive options. Um, being able to exile your opponent's creatures. Um, Sun Titan... Any of the titans, really. But, I mean, can you imagine, like, being able to just pop out any of these titans for a turn and giving them haste so you get their comes-into-play ability and then attack? Like, that's ridiculous. What if you, like, alongside Day of Judgment, right? Okay, so I've got Mimic that out, and I've got, like, a, some titan in play, maybe, like, a wall or a C eight Oracle or something, and you've got, like, a bunch of elves. A Day of Judgment, uh, everything dies. I imprint some titan. I tap three for the Mimic That pop out a Sun Titan, get back Wall of Omens, draw a card, swing with Titan, with my, you know, copy of my Titan, get back something else. You know, like Seagate Oracle, look at the top two, whatever. Titan disappears. Now, like, pass the turn. Go. I have two walls out. Just wiped your board. You know, what do you... Next turn, I'm just gonna keep... Popping out titans and getting stuff back. It seems pretty damn significant. Yeah. I'm really liking um, this idea. Like,
1: I'm thinking about this or, in, like a, in, like, a mana ramp deck. Like, in, like, a like titan ramp.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, Primeval Titan, that's a, a huge one. I mean, yeah. I'm going to pay three and get two lands. And then swing and get, get two, two more lands. lands. Like, that's ridiculous. It's really good. Um, the other interaction I like is Vampire Hexmage, which I mentioned. It can sacrifice itself. It's repeatable planeswalker removal. Mimic Vat just sits there and goes, Go ahead and play a planeswalker. I'm just going to kill it. But if you it's get it's one the, activation. If end. they get rid of the mimic vat, so it's exiled. I, I, it's exiled. Yeah, the creature ends up exiled. exiled. But that's not that's typical with imprint anyway.
1: Prototype crit. Portal is the one that uh I think like when the, it when it goes away, you get all the creatures back in your graveyard.
0: What it is Clone is, shell or is it clone shell? What you're thinking of is when you imprint something else the other cards go back to the graveyard. That's so. What it is. So what it is is if I imprint Vampire Hex Mage on it and then decide I want to imprint your Primeval Titan instead, the Hex Mage that was exiled now goes to the graveyard. Okay. So, or, like, more, more likely to happen is, you know, your first Vengevine, if I'm somehow able to kill it, um, and then copy it, if I later want to imprint your Primeval Titan or whatever, your Vengevine now goes back to your graveyard and now you can get it back. Mm-hmm. You know, now you can recur it with your creatures. But um, I just think this is a ridiculously strong card. It's colorless. It can go anywhere. And the downside is it does nothing by itself. But if you play creatures or creature removal, then it should be okay, right? Yeah. I mean, you can technically play it in a deck that has very little creatures like blue-white control. I mean, I wouldn't play a ton of them. But, uh, you know, just as a one-of seems interesting. I don't know. I mean, if you you can build around it. For your own deck, if you have ways of sacrificing your creatures, that seems significant, too. Um, or, you know, you just expect people to kill your creatures. Right. You you are like, go ahead, kill my uh, my primeval Titan. I'm just going to imprint it on my Mimic Vat. Yeah. And keep popping good. out copies. You can imprint Eldrazi on this. They get... Sh- right? Because they go to the graveyard, and then they're shuffled back into your library. Isn't that right? Yeah. I mean, so you could... If you get an, Eldra- you have to get the Eldrazi in play first, and it has to be destroyed. But you can imprint it on a Mimic Vat, and then every turn you're putting a copy into play. You don't get the bonus, you know, when you cast a spell. But you get the annihilator. But you get the annihilator. So every turn you tap three and attack with Kozilek, and then he dies. You know, the, the copy disappears, and then your next turn you just play it again. You're not drawing four cards because you're not playing the Kozilek, but right. you are putting a copy into play and attacking. Now, I mean, just I these, feel like.
1: Like, Ulamog's Crusher wouldn't even be that bad if you're running Mimic Vat that way. Like, yeah, because I mean, at least you're getting the Annihilator every turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, more chances to actually... Or, like, that's a killable creature. You know what oh, I mean? Oh,
0: I see what you're saying. Because people, once you get an Eldrazi out, it's hard to kill it anyway. So. Right,
1: right. Um, it's kind of a, that's kind of a win more. What's yeah.
0: that one card? Is it Culling Deus or something? <laughs> right? Yeah, sacrifice a creature, put a charge counter on it. So Culling Deus uh is uh is an option for you to be able to sacrifice your own creatures and you can um so it's tap, sacrifice a creature, put a charge counter on it, uh tap it and sacrifice uh, Culling Deus to draw a card for each card uh for each charge counter on Culling Deus. Mm. So it's a, another sacrifice outlet that's colorless. Now if you're playing black, you can play like Blood Vampire. I mean there's other options. Not you know, off the top of my head I can only think of like uh Bloodthrown Vampire, or creatures that just have the sacrifice ability built into themselves, like Vampire Hexmage. Yeah, so, uh, what about Renegade Doppelganger, alongside Renegade Doppelganger? It's, not you have a doppelganger in play, now you pop out a copy of Sun Titan, your doppelganger copies the copy of Sun Titan... You get something back with your Sun Titan that entered the battlefield, and then swing with two Sun Titans. Or, you know, I'm saying Sun Titan, but whatever Titan. Right. Grave Titan suddenly just, like, pops out a million zombies, right? I mean, he comes into play. There's two. Renal Gate Doppelganger copies them. They both attack. There's four. You get six zombies, zombie tokens, and then, you know, sure, you lose the Grave Titan, but next turn, Mimic Vat, Mimic Vat pops out another Grave Titan. You know, and you, this is ridiculous. I'm just wow. saying, like, the, the possibilities with Mimic Vat are absolutely nuts. Even going, like, every turn I'll put out a Seagate Oracle or something. And the other thing is you don't have to attack with it. You can do it during your opponent's turn. They, you have a Mimic Vat that, that has a creature on it, and they attack, you're like, you know, pop out a Seagate Oracle. Look at the top two block. You know what else isn't too bad? What?
1: Having the Mimic Vat with the Eldrazi Monument ability on the stack to be able to create a token to keep feeding the uh, monument so it doesn't go away.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mimic Vat pays for your monument, yeah. Uh, you just basically the upkeep now becomes pay three. Yeah. Right, and it doesn't matter what creature's on it. But
1: and if but, it, but if you have something like a Metodic Slime under there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're just, you're paying, sacrificing the slime and
0: getting more creatures. right. So just keep in mind, you can only sacrifice... Or you can only uh, imprint non-token creatures on the Mimic map. Right, right. No, I know we're... I just want to make sure that we we say that, because you can't do it. You can't sacrifice... Or, I mean, you can't imprint tokens on it, Um, but... Worm coil engine, right? I mean, I'm just gonna spit out a worm coil engine, and it dies. And oh look, it I got two. Though. It oh, exiles, though. Exiles. Does it exile? Wait a minute. End of oh, turn. Oh, at right, the end of the turn, you're right. Okay. So
1: you have to. It, you have to. If you want to get go to the graveyard effects out of the creatures that you're copying, you have mm-hmm. to have a sacrifice outlet. You can't just let them go naturally, right, right, because you're right. They get exiled.
0: Yeah. The, the token that mimic that creates is exiled. You're right. Sorry, I, I wasn't thinking about that. So any, basically, just Mimic Vat is fantastic with anything that hasn't entered the battlefield. A bit yeah. Already. Just do it during your opponent's turn. If they attack or not, you know, pop out a Wall of Omens, I'll draw a card. Cool. You know, something like that at the end of their turn. And EOT, create a copy of Wall of Omens, draw a card, copy's gone, take my turn. You know, it's just a tap three, draw a card in that case. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's potential there. And it comes back with some Titans. So somebody destroys your Mimic Vat. You, you know, you play a sun titan, get back mimic that. You know, like, right? I mean, it's a possibility. It's another another option. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just seems kind of it seems like a really strong card to not just try even playing a one of. Yeah, I mean, you you could build around it, but even playing it as a one of, and I'm just throwing it right now into decks. Like I'm not actually, th- I haven't thrown it into any decks, but in, you know, in my head, I'm thinking of it in decks that already exist, not yeah. something built around it.
1: Um. So another one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, like one of my. Favorite things is no, Tun- Tunnel Ignis. Um, I-, I really like that card a lot. Um, I think that that. I mean, I think that and Leon and Arbiter are both pretty relevant right now with all yeah. the Fetch lands because everybody's still stubbornly trying to build three color decks. Which, I mean, obviously you can still do that, you know. But I just don't feel like I feel like like mono colored decks and like two color decks right now are the strongest options. Like, I don't know if you necessarily want to go beyond two colors. It just well, seems like...
0: We did... We lost the Shards Trilands, but we gained the the Scars of Mirrodin Dual Lands. Which are really which good. Which are really good. And I think, especially in, in multicolor uh, aggro decks. You know, so I don't think... It's so crazy. Didn't Zvi say that? Yeah, his... Zvi
1: definitely uh, has been a proponent of those.
0: Right. I mean, he, he doesn't seem to like the set. This is what you were telling me. I haven't read his set review entirely. His
1: set review is hysterical. I haven't he... read every page of it, but like, let's just give an example. This is on the premium side of Star City games, so uh, if you don't have premium, get it. Uh, Zvi hates this set, it seems. Um, his top five for the <laughs> set were the five lands, um and then like it was like five other cards, then honorable mentions were like five other cards that he would have put in there if he didn't put the lands in, basically. Yeah. And I think other than that he just hates it. Um So the way he set it up is picture of the card, star rating like one through four, maybe one through five, flavor text of his own creation, and then a comment. So Echo Circlet is two to cast, one to equip. It says equipped creature may block an additional creature. He gave it one star. His flavor text was, Equipped creature may block an additional creature. And his comment was, Equipped creature may block an additional creature. So? <laughs> like... So good. So, yeah, he's clearly not very happy with this set. Um, oh, and then the, the one was, like, the razor glider or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um
0: Snap tail glider. Yeah, re- every, every flight requires a reason to get off the ground. Well, not
1: that, but the thing—the comment.
0: This set is all about making you work hard to get less than what you were entitled to in the first place. <laughs> that sums it up right there, I think, for Zvi. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he says this set is yeah. he's talking about the whole set, so uh, for the most part. But so yeah,
1: he's not, not very happy.
0: Not at all. Um, I, I mean, a lot of people, I think, have been saying. The commons and uncommons have been, like, less than stellar for the most part. Uh, But, you know, we'll see. I think there's a lot of... Historically, I mean, at least in my experience and and reading about new sets as they come out, so many people think they're terrible. Like, there will be certain cards that people are like, wow, this is awesome, but the rest of the set sucks. And, And eventually that set is like Lorwyn, and there's, like, fairies and things like that. I mean... Every set has always had some sort of impact, you know. Don't don't count them out so early. You can, it's hard. It's, everybody's judging right away. Well,
1: that's here's here's here, well here's what I here's what I do. See, I play standard, mm-hmm. right? You play standard, yeah, right? Right. These are the cards we have to play standard with. So again, we have to bring back to our now trademark phrase: stop, stop bitching, and start, start brewing. brewing. You know, that's what it is. You, you got to
0: put that on a T-shirt. We do eventually.
1: This is what we have. This is this is our this right. is standard.
0: If you think scars is terrible, just play Zendikar block in standard. Then yeah, you know? you're welcome to it.
1: And then someone will probably beat you with the scars of Mirrodin card that you dismissed because you just decided to dismiss the set instead right. of uh, evaluating it. I
0: mean, or you can just wait around for people like Patrick Chapin to design a deck for you and then play that. You can. And, I mean,
1: that, you know, <laughs> right. you're, kind a,
0: jokey. you're kind of joking. You're kind of right. I'm joking, but, but that's that's what people do. I'm I'm guilty of it as well. I'm yeah. like, I'm not saying like. But, I mean, it's funny to go, this set sucks, until somebody shows me otherwise. Like, why don't you try to decide for yourself whether it sucks? Don't judge it so quick. Like, I will tell you right now, I don't know whether this set sucks, because I haven't played with it enough. (laughs) I can't tell you whether it's great or it sucks. All I know is I'm having fun playing the cards that I have played. So that's that's my opinion of it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it's here instead of Shards of Alara block. I'm glad to have a new set of cards to shake things up. I don't want to play the same stuff all the time.
1: Towards the end of Standard before Rotation, I actually really enjoyed playing against Jund. It wasn't just because I thought my decks were better than Jund. I didn't necessarily. But, you know, it was a fun challenge playing against that deck. And, you know, I can't say I'm not glad that it's out of the format... (laughs) You know, because I am, like I'm kind of glad that this format's, you know, changed Mm -hmm. because I like change, I like limitations, I like the fact that we've had four sets taken out of standard replaced with one set, Mm -hmm. like, because those are limitations to me, it's like, you know, shrinking the card pool, which to me, like, is just a lot more fun. Wasn't it
0: like Marrow said, uh, or Mark Rosewater said something about limitations breed creativity? Right. Right. I mean, constrictions, limitations, that kind of thing. That's where, you know, that's where all this comes from. It makes you think. Exactly. And here we are talking about like Mimic VAT and things like that. Now, who knows if six months from now we'll be looking back and going, yeah, Mimic VAT, guess it wasn't good enough, right? (laughs) Right. Um, Or we'll be going, Mimic VAT just won nationals. Yeah. Like Renegade Doppelganger had a a part in, you know?
1: Right. Um, You know, and, and, and you also have to remember that. You know, this isn't, this is obviously one set, and this set does stand alone in it. I mean, it has its own limited environment right Right. now. But, like, you know, this isn't their entire vision of this world. Right. You know, this is just, this is the beginning. This is what we have seen so far. And, uh, I mean, so far, I really like it. I think it's exciting. I think it's a lot of fun.
0: And even Um, if something like Metalcraft doesn't work right now, We're only going to get more artifacts. I mean, uh, I can't imagine they would flip it around and go, Mirrodin besieged, no artifacts. Right. I guess it's possible. They've done crazy things before, but I would assume we're going to get more artifacts, which just automatically makes Metalcraft another potential thing to look at. Right. right? uh, So even if Metalcraft, like Allies, right, Allies wasn't really that good this time last year when Zendikar came out. World Wake came out, and allies became a little bit better. And I mm-hmm. think Rise of the Eldrazi, even in giving us no allies, added some cards to that deck. Now, I, I never played with allies, but I mean, I know that the deck exists.
1: I think Vencer's really good with allies.
0: Well, that was what some people were saying. Yeah. Like the first thing with Venser is, like, unblockable, you know, blinking your allies and making them all unblockable. Like, that's probably one of the best places for Venser, but we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I just want to quickly talk about a couple more interactions. I don't <laughs> want to necessarily go into detail about them, but just, like, a couple of interactions that I really like uh, with the new set mixed with some of the older cards mm-hmm. um, is um, the Phylactery Lich with Darksteel Axe. I think that can't be ignored. Or Phylactery Lich with any of the new Indestructible um, Artifacts, which I think are just, like, that one mirror guy. The Darksteel Sentinel, is that the name of the thing? Yeah. No, is that? I think oh, so. oh, that's right. well, the, the 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 Juggernaut.
0: Indestructible. indestructible. Right? So it's anything like, indestructible.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's kind of something to consider uh, because Fleckylicz is pretty good on its own.
0: Right. It makes Into the Royal better. Very true. Right. Yeah.
1: So yeah, watch out for Into the Royal if uh, people decide to start doing that. Um, I also like um, liquid Metal coating with yeah. any sort of artifact removal. Like, yeah. I, I mean, know you were
0: talking about that on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like. You know, revoke existence and um, Salamarp offering to a lesser degree um, because they're both sorcery speed, but like in like a green deck with like naturalize and uh, nature's claim, like that could be really uh, it's a potentially interesting interaction. Um,
0: Liquid metal coating, manic vandals, and mimic Vat. There you go. You just, there you go. So you just keep keep you just destroy everything. A three card. I'm going to just destroy every permanent you have. Combo. Right, right. Because now it's an artifact. Now it's dead. Make another Man- manic vandal. Now you know turn something else in. It's cute. <laughs> yeah, it, it's cute. It's an interesting interaction. It's just Go something ahead.
1: to think about. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that's a, I mean, I just wanted to bring those up real quick before yeah. we wrap up here.
0: Anyway, uh, let's move on to a couple announcements. Uh, one, the Great Designer Search Part Two is going on right now. It's just starting. It's basically. The, Searching for a designer to for an internship. The prize is an internship at Wizards of the Coast to be in R and D as a game designer. Pretty awesome. The original one, uh, I think they had like three winners. Ken Nagel being one of them, who who is uh, heavily involved in all the cards, especially the green ones that we've seen in the past years. I mean, he designed he lead designed Worldwake. Yeah. Uh, I met him and interviewed him on the Magic cruise uh, back in February. So. If, for those of you who are interested in hear an interview with him, you can go back and look uh, back around some sometime mid-February, mid-to-late-February, our episodes on uh, IWantMyMTG.com. Um, if you're interested in learning more about the Great Designer Search, that information is on DailyMTG.com. I'll probably link it in the show notes. Um, also, along those same lines, Star City Games is doing a talent search
1: right. for writers,
0: this. podcasters, video podcasters, so uh, they're... Looking for new talent. First place gets a thousand dollar Star City Games shopping spree plus a minimum of twelve month contract to write for Star City. Second place gets four hundred dollars and a six month contract to write um, for Star City. Third and fourth place get a hundred dollar Star City shopping spree and fifth to eighth place gets a one year free premium subscription. So uh, I-, I think that's pretty awesome. So if you're interested in that, that's on StarCityGames.com. I will link that as well in the show notes. Um, on I want my mtg.com, we've had a uh, a little more content recently. We're 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 trying to get a little more content. I've uh, I I wrote that blog post on com, which is my personal blog, but uh we I I also put a little link to that on I want my mtg. Um and then we have our buddy Noyan doing uh what is going to possibly be a new column uh called Spreading Cheese. Is his uh, his name for it at least at the moment? So uh, that will be up this week if if you haven't seen it already. It should it's probably up already by now um, on I dot com. So check that out.
1: His stuff's mostly about deck building because mm-hmm. um, Noyan you, you know Noyan is notorious. Yeah. He's uh, a,
0: he's one of those. He's he even says it. He's a Johnny Spike. You know mm-hmm. he's a really good player, but he likes to design his own decks. And the most recent one I've heard is he's got a deck built around recurring silence Yeah, with things like I know he mentioned um, Mnemonic Wall and Venser so you know you can't play spells blink Mnemonic Wall get silence back you can't play spells it locks you out of the game um, and that's just one of his recent designs and he's he loves doing things like that he was winning with uh, like Sadistic Sacrament or something last a couple of weeks ago you know he's kind of like our local Conley Woods yeah so check that out on IWantMyMTG.com. Uh, Phil Shute is one of our listeners over in Afghanistan. Sent us a photo of himself rocking the Yo! MTG Taps t-shirt. Um, so that's on our Facebook. I might post that on our website as well. So yeah. uh, thanks to Phil for, for sending us that. Um, it's just awesome to see somebody over there wearing a Yo! MTG Taps shirt. Uh, we got an email from Owen in France who uh, who sent us this email about... Uh, Kemba the new mono white cat legend Um, he said I'm not sure the message R&D is trying to pass on here but as far as I can figure out it's give the lady some bling the lady gives you some babies more bling equals more babies who designed the card exactly and how much trouble are they in at home (laughs) (laughs) for those of you who might not remember uh, Kemba is uh, is a legend legendary creature legendary creature cat cleric Uh, from Scars of and She's white, white, and one uh, for a 2-4, and at the beginning of your upkeep, put a 2-2 white cat creature token onto the battlefield for each equipment attached to Kemba, Ka, Regent. So, uh, yeah, give her more bling, in this case equipment, and she pops out more cats. (laughs) Kind of, uh, kind of strange. So, uh, thanks for the email, uh, Owen.
1: The other thing I wanted to mention was the other email that we got sent, um, asking about Hannah's work. Hannah, as our listeners would know, um, uh, is the lady who
0: does the card art alterations that we met at Star City, Baltimore.
1: Right, very cool uh, alterations. And somebody was asking if she had some sort of like website, and she doesn't yet, but she is working on it.
0: Yeah. So anyone
1: who is wondering if they could, you know, find her website, uh, it is coming. We'll right. have and that.
0: We'll announce it, of course, as soon as we hear about it. Right. Absolutely. So, so uh, but in the meantime, if you are interested in getting. Uh, card art alteration, just send us an email at yomtgtaps at gmail.com, and we'll, uh, we'll forward that along to her. For sure. All right, so I think that's everything for this week. Um, upcoming events. This weekend is Grand Prix Sydney, Scars of Meriden Limited. Next weekend, we have the TCG Player 5K in Boston, which is standard on Saturday, sealed on Sunday. But also next weekend is the Star City Games Open Series in Nashville, uh, which, of course, is standard on Saturday, legacy on Sunday. Um, And I'm excited to see what comes out of that. Um, Yeah. So, uh, Michael Flores, 5 com. shout out. Yes. To our buddy who we haven't been been talking too much about recently, but. Flores Rewards. Yeah. (laughs) FloresRewards.com. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And we'll be back next week with more talk on magic cards.
1: States report next week because I'm going to states this weekend.
0: We'll be back next week with Joe's States report. For real. YoMTG Taps is available every Friday on StarCityGames.com. Visit our website, IWantMyMTG.com, for past episodes, t shirts, free stickers, and more. You can contact us at Taps at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at YoMTGTaps.